Welcome to a message from Oasis Church. For more information about Oasis Church and how you can get connected, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Here's Pastor Mark Pearl. Enjoy the message. I want you to find Isaiah chapter 60. Tonight, we're going to uh, bring to a conclusion our teaching on surviving the end times. This is number six. And uh, thank you for your excitement. And, um, you know, if you want something out of the service, you've got to put something into it. If it's all on me, it was not, you know, then I'll get something. But it's all on all of us. Amen? Isaiah chapter 60, and what we're going to talk about is keeping your focus tonight. Keeping your focus. Isaiah 60, go with me to verse 1. The Bible says, Arise and shine, for your light is come. And the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and gross darkness, or deep darkness, the people. Uh, But the Lord shall arise upon thee, and His glory shall be seen upon thee. I think we're there. I don't think anybody can doubt that the gross darkness is on the earth right now. Amen. But God has promised, and I believe this is a prophetic word for uh, our time, that the glory of the Lord would arise and be seen on us. Now, my, my pastor, Dr. Barclay, he said this years ago, uh, this happened to him. And, uh, you know, so I'm, I'm, I, uh, I would encourage you, I don't know where you'd find it for sure, maybe somewhere online, to uh, listen to his message on the two clouds. Because he was in a service Back in the 1980s, one of Brother Hagin's services, Brother Hagin was leading the service, and Brother Hagin was behind the pulpit, and all of a sudden the spirit of prayer fell. And they all just began to pray, and he said as he was praying, he had a supernatural visitation from the Lord. And he saw this dark cloud coming in to the, uh, uh, unto the earth. And he said, in it was full of all kinds of, These may not be the words he said, but I'm just kind of summarizing. But in it was all kinds of demonic, satanic things. All kinds of destruction and bad. He said, but then, after he saw that cloud, he saw another cloud coming in, and it was full of the glory of God. He said, in it was all the good things of God, and it was coming in. And he said, that... That was basically what he saw. And he said, you know, he said after the the meeting was over, they were back in the speaker's room. Of course, different ministers were back there. Brother Hagin was back there. And he said, you know, I wanted to say something to Brother Hagin, but he says, how do you just walk up to Brother Hagin and say, I saw something after all Brother Hagin has seen? You follow that. I mean, you're, you're, you know, he has had so many visitations from the Lord, you you don't really want to tell him your little vision, you know. But he said, as I was standing there, he said, Brother Hagin, come up to me. And he said, I saw those two clouds you saw. Wow. And then he, he realized this wasn't just something, I didn't just eat too many pepperonis. This really happened. Amen. And I personally believe that right now we are seeing that dark cloud invade the earth. 
But the other side of that is, is that there's a glory cloud coming in. I, I personally believe it's been coming for a while, and I believe we've experienced maybe some of that, but not what we're going to see. And I remember back in the 1990s, some things as us ministers had to deal with because there began to arise something in the church called seeker-friendly. And basically what that was all about was to uh, find out what people want in church and do that. And I, I think we forgot this is God's house, not our house. You know what I'm saying? And there, there, in Exodus chapter 30, there's something that God described as a special anointing oil. And he told the children of Israel, he said, these are the spices that are to go into this. He said, I don't want you to make any of it, anything like it. This is special. I mean, if you smell it, it smells good, you think I'd like to have it, forget it. You can die doing that. He said, and they use this anointing oil to anoint the tabernacle and everything in the tabernacle and Aaron, the high priest, and his sons. And then God said, Upon man's flesh shall it not be poured, neither shall you put it upon any stranger. Now, you know, I see something out of that, that God's not going to pour out this glory on the flesh church. Now, what is the flesh church? The flesh church is the church that is just concerned about what man wants, right? But the, the spirit church is the church that's concerned about what God wants. And in the 90s, we began to see those churches like, you know, the seeker-friendly churches. They just started to explode, man. And, you know, and it, it but, you know, we were, we were warned by different senior ministers at the time. They warned us, younger preachers, I was a younger preacher in the 90s, and they warned us, said, don't, don't go that way because there is, there is a great outpouring of the Holy Ghost coming on the church and there's the glory coming. Like Isaiah prophesied about it right here. This is, this is prophetic to the church. It's got a double reference. It, it's got some connotation meanings to Israel as a nation, but it's, it's, it's double reference. It's prophetic to the church and that, that that glory is going to come on the church, but God's not going to put it on the flesh church. He's going to put it on the spirit church. And they warned us. They, I don't know how many times we got warned. Don't you fall for that. Don't you go that direction. Don't you change and get rid of the things of the spirit so you can have more people. You know, when you flow in the Holy Ghost and you flow in the spirit, one thing it will do is it will sometimes separate people out of your church. Amen. And uh, a lot of people think they, they want revival until it happens. You with me? And then the services get a little longer. Manifestations start happening that they weren't used to. Amen. And, and then next thing you know, well, my friends, they, I can't bring my friends to this church. Well, you need to get some new friends. Or get your friends delivered from, from their religion. Amen. Praise God. See, the Spirit of God, how many know, if God offends people, then the people need to change. 
not change our churches. And this is what was happening, you know. Um, you know, you go back long. You go back a long time ago, you know, and you find out that you know the, the Pentecostal tongue talking churches they got persecuted for being tongue talkers. They called them holy rollers. They used to say about us down when I first started going to Revival Center, and and some people found out I was going there. Actually became their associate pastor. But when they found out I was going there, I'm telling you what, I got lip from people. Oh, I know about that church. What, what, one guy said, I heard about that church. You know, he said, they, they, when you get in there, they, they lock the doors so you can't get out. And they turn the lights off and they roll on the floor. Never been there in their life. And I said to him, I said, that's a lie. We don't lock the doors or turn the lights off. <laughs> but if we roll on the floor, we're a holy roller. And I tell you, you know, we did at times find ourselves on the floor under the real true power of God. Well, what good was it? Well, that's really a stupid question. If it's God, what do you mean what good is it? Everything he has is good. Amen. And so that glory, that glory that's, 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 co that's coming in uh, is prophesied about. But yet at the same time, there's a dark cloud. And it's full of all kinds of, uh, all kinds of evil things. And I, I think we have to admit we're living there right now. We're seeing that dark cloud. I, I, it's just, uh, I don't want to use the word amazing because it doesn't amaze me. But it's just shocking how far America has fallen in 10 years, in 15 years. Um, and that's not just America, don't misunderstand, but we live here. It's the world. Because, you know, the, God, how many know God is not just an American God? Uh, he's got people all over the world. I will say this. Thank God for the church in America. With all of its faults, with all of its issues, it's still preaching more gospel than anybody else. It's still supporting more missions than anybody else. At one time, 90% of all missions was supported by the church in America. In other words, the world would not be evangelized like it is today if it wasn't for the American church. You're not saying amen too much, but these are true hard facts. Amen. And so, thank God, we got our issues. We got, we got a, you know, but God's washing us with the water of the word. Hallelujah. But here's what I want to talk about tonight, what time we have together. I want to talk about this, that we don't get our focus on that dark cloud or the gross darkness, as Isaiah called it, that we don't just focus on that. That's all we think about. That's all we talk about. Because there's another cloud coming in, and it's the glory cloud. That cloud doesn't belong to me. That dark cloud's not for me. The glory cloud's for me. The glory cloud's for you. That dark cloud can't touch me. Amen. And I'm not entering into it. Some churches are entering into that dark cloud. Where do you think all the perversions coming from? It's coming out of that dark cloud. 
And there's churches that are going into the cloud, the dark cloud. But I don't know about you, I'm, I'm staying away from that cloud. Amen? So, so that, the, law, the law, listen, this, the law of the holy anointing oil is the glory and the anointing is going to come on. It's not going to come on the flesh church. It's going to come on the church that, uh, uh, that's, that's the spirit church that wants what God wants. Hallelujah. Amen. Wants what he wants. Hallelujah. And so we shouldn't get less spiritual. We should get more spiritual. Well, pastor, if you just wouldn't talk about tongues, more people would come. Well, I'll tell you what, I really have tongues in people. <laughs> I got to choose between speaking in tongues and you and, and having someone come to my church. I'll take the tongues. It's helped me and blessed me. People stab you in the back sometimes. Amen. I'll stick with I'll stick with God. I don't know about you. I'll stick with the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, because if you and, and really even some on our camp has been having seminars, you know, that we need to tone it down. Are you kidding me? I'm, I'm, I'm not making this up. If I, I wouldn't do that. But if I named the organization, it'd shock you. <laughs> Talking about tone it down. They actually say, now here's what you need to do. You want to grow your, your church. You need to dress down. Come as a, you know, dress down. Two, you need to dumb down. Quit teaching so much out of the Bible. And you need to calm down. Well, you know, I'm not, I'm not compromising the word. How about you? And I'm not calming down for, for people. I don't, I, don't think, I, don't think that, I don't think that's really, really, I think the answer to it is just stick faithful to God. And when the glory comes, you'll watch. There'll be a lot of people in your church. Amen. The glory, the glory, and, and the Bible says when it comes, all you have to do is arise and shine. That's all you got to do is just arise and shine. Amen. That means get out of your bed. <laughs> I told Phyllis I'm going to invent an alarm clock. When years ago, and it, there used to be a, a Christian musician named Keith Green. And he used to sing the song, Jesus rose from the dead. Come on, get out of your bed. Well, I like to have his alarm clock. Get out of your bed. But, you know, we got to watch now what we're focusing on. Now, I want you to go to Luke. I've looked at this scripture several times, but I want to look at back, back at it again. Luke chapter 21. I want you to go there. Luke 21. Because it's real important. It really is that we don't get our focus on all the negative things going on right now. You can get sucked into that, and it'll suck the faith right out of you. And, you, you know, there's just some things you just don't need to know. Now, I'm not talking about just being ignorant of, you know, just being totally ignorant and oblivious to what's going on. But I'm just saying there's just a lot of stuff you don't even need to know. You don't even need to know it. You know, it, all it does is just, just try to suck. It's, they're, they're, they're joy stealers. They're faith stealers. You just don't need to know it. Amen. I don't need to know everybody that's upset with us, the church. I don't need to know. I don't, I don't really need to know. You know, I don't even need to know people that are criticizing us. I don't even want to know. Well, Pastor, did you hear what they're saying about it? I don't really care. I don't know those people. Why should I care what they think? They, 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 you know, it doesn't matter. They're going to say what they're going to say. Or, you know, there's just a lot of things that, and I'll just leave it at that, 
that we don't need to know. We don't need to be focusing all the time on the negative. Let's focus on what God's doing. Amen? Hallelujah. Wouldn't it be awesome to have, if you have a news network and all they talk about what, what God's doing? Because <laughs> He's doing things. Amen. Luke chapter 21. The Bible says there will be signs. How many know there's going to be signs? Amen. You know, the, the, there's, there's signs. The Lord gave us signs the, of His coming. And, and, and they're, they're, you know, you can read them. They're just there. There will be signs in the sun, in the moon, and in the stars. And, of course, we're starting to hear more about that, about things happening with the planets and things. Kind of weird stuff. And upon the earth, distress of nations with perplexity. The sea and the waves roaring. Men's hearts failing them for fear. And, the King James says, for looking after those things which are coming upon the earth. New King James says, for the expectation of those things uh, that are coming on the earth. For the powers of the heavens shall be shaken. And then shall they see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. And when these things begin to come to pass, then look up. Lift up your heads, for your redemption draws nigh. So he's telling us that, you know, there's, there's su such bad things that are going to be coming on the earth that people that are looking at that, their hearts are going to fail them. Their hearts are going to fail them. I, I, I see this two ways. Now listen, I've done some study on this. I see this two ways. I see it physical heart stopping. I see that. But then when you, when you look at that heart's failing, it means to faint or, or to sigh. Are you, have you ever, you know, like someone just gives up like, ah, I give up. In other words, they'll start, people just give up. There's just so much bad news. Just one thing after another, after another, that if you watch that, eventually it causes you to just give up. And, and the devil's behind it because if you give up, how many know the Bible says, if we faint, we'll not reap? Yeah. See, people just give up. I, just, I can't see this changing. Well, let me just say this to you. You're, you need to get your focus off of that and get your focus on the glory. Amen. Because as Jesus prophesied, how many know he would know, right? Jesus prophesied, and <laughs> it's going to get worse and worse. Paul said it. He said, evil men, seducers, well, they'll grow worse and worse. He said, but you continue in the things you've learned. Just keep doing the word, praise God. Because God's going to put you over, amen? God's going to protect us. He's going to keep us. He's going to provide for us. Amen. I mean, right now, our leaders are making one dumb decision after another. How about our national leaders? They're making one dumb decision, one dumb decision after another about this and about that, about this and about that. And you look at that, you think, man, we're in trouble. I, listen, you and I in the church, we're not in trouble. We're not in trouble. As long as, long as we're in the kingdom of God, we're not in trouble. I'm not in trouble. There may be people out there in trouble, but I'm not in trouble. There may be recession, depression, and everything else coming, but not for me. I said, not for me. Why? Because my God supplies all my need as long as there's not a depression going on. That's not what that scripture says, is it? According to his riches, we're at 
and glory. You think there's, you think there's a recession in heaven? God had to sell the pearly gates last week. No. Amen. So we have to just keep our focus right. Now, see, this is what he's talking about here. Keep your focus right. Well, Jesus said, I like what Jesus said. Jesus said, these things I've spoken unto you that in me you might have peace. In the world you're going to have tribulation, but be a good cheer. I've overcome the world. What was he saying? If you make it about me and not about the world, you'll have peace. Because I've overcome all this mess. You, you know, how many know Jesus, Jesus was, the Bible says, He was a root out of dry ground. There wasn't much going on when He showed up. But once He showed up, things started to happen. He was a root out of dry ground. How many know Israel was, at, when Jesus, when the Messiah showed up, Israel really was spiritually dead. Now you do some history behind this. God spoke to Israel in Malachi, but it was like 400 years later before they heard from him again. And that's when Jesus showed up. Because they were going through a dry time. That's what the Bible says. He was a root out of dry ground. And so he was in, he was he he wasn't like in this great spiritual climate. John the Baptist was sent before him to get some people ready to prepare the way of the Lord. They weren't prepared. They weren't ready. But John got some people ready. And so, you know, and then, and then it, the government in Jesus' day, I mean, Herod was, a, was, was perverted. I wouldn't even talk about some of the things about him, but he was a perverted person. And, and all. But Jesus flourished right in the midst of it. Amen. Apostle Paul flourished in, in, in bad, bad governments. Amen. In perilous times, he flourished. Why? Because we're not of this world. So we're not of this world. We got to look at, we got to look at, we got to look, looking, we got to look unto Jesus. You know what the Bible says? Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Hallelujah. Why? Well, he's the head of the church. How many, think, how many think the church is probably not going to fail as long as he's the head of it? Amen. So, yeah, there's so many things. You know, one of the things, see, the reason why you can't, you can't look at this, all this is going on, because the Bible tells us we got to keep our heart with all diligence. For out of it flow the issues of life. What you, what you allow in your heart, you know, gets into your life. That's why if you want to change what you have in life, you've got to change what you put in your heart. You've got to change on what you're feeding on, what you're seeing. Amen? I've got to teach you. I haven't taught it for years. I need to bring it out, dust it off about how to receive healing and how healing doesn't come through your physical body. It comes through your spirit, man. You've got to get it on the inside before you ever feel it on the outside. But once you get it on the inside, outside, it's, it's just automatic. But once you get it in here, and I talk about how you know, out of the heart, you know. And God wants to do things. He changes what's in your heart. When he wanted to make Abraham a father of many nations, what did he do? He changed what was Abraham saw. Abraham changed his name. He started calling himself what God called him. God called him the father of many nations. He didn't have a child. But God called him that. So he started calling himself what God called him. And so he starts changing what he's seeing on the inside of himself and seeing about himself. And, and God's able... To, 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 when he does that, that power is able to flow 
and through your spirit, from God through your spirit, and get it out into the natural. Now, if you don't think that's so, if your spirit leaves your body, what happens to your body? The, the Bible tells us, right? The, the, the body without the spirit is? It's dead. See, well, only reason your body's alive because your spirit man's alive. So it would just make sense what you put in your heart, your spirit man, would affect your body. It just makes sense. Amen. And so that's why I, tell, I teach people this. You need to do things that are right and natural. You know, you need to eat right. You know, I don't think you have to be as strict as some people are. At least if you do, I'm not, I'm not going to, you know. Uh, you know, but, you know, you need to do things in natural. You take care of your body and so forth like that and all that. And, but yet what's more important is what you put in your heart. Because you can take care of your body and get a disease and there's no cure for it. But if you got a cure in your heart that came from the Word of God, came from the Spirit of God, you can't be defeated. Hallelujah. And I've seen that happen many times where people... They got it in their heart. Next thing you know, I mean, they got it in their body. Amen. So we have to watch it. Remember, remember David, um, King David? Well, he wasn't king yet. But, you know, when he lived in Ziklag and the Amalekites came and they, uh, they invaded Ziklag and they carried everybody away, took everybody captive. When David got back, him and his mighty men, when they got back home, they came to the city. It had been burnt to the ground. All of, all of their, their, their wives and their children were gone. That's bad. It's bad news. And the Bible said they, they lifted up their voices and they wept until they had no more power to weep. But David didn't stop there. The Bible says that they, all these guys that, that were with David, these mighty men, they were now angry at David because he's the one that took him with them to leave the city and left the city with them and went to do something else. And it says they, they thought about stoning David. But the Bible tells us David encouraged himself in the Lord. What did he, he got his focus off the trouble and got his focus on the Lord. You got to, like the scripture says in Hebrews, you got to look unto Jesus. Yeah. The Bible says in Hebrews, consider him. Yeah. Focus on him. Get your focus off all the negativity. Get your focus back on the Lord. Amen. Does this make any sense to you? Yeah. See, if, you, if we're going to see that, if we're going to walk in that glory, we got to focus on the glory. Yeah. Amen. If, see, if you focus on the negative, it's going to pull you down. It's, Smith Wigglesworth said something. <clears throat> I have quoted this many times. I love this quotation of his. <clears throat> and I understand it, you know, because I've been there. He said this. He said, you can never pray the prayer of faith if you look at the person who's needing it. In other words, if you focus on their problem, it's going to suck the faith out of you. He said, there is only one place to look, and that is to Jesus. Now, that is a powerful saying. You can't, you can't focus, you can't pray the prayer of faith if you focus or look at the person who's needing it. You got, there's only place, one place to look, that's to Jesus. That came, that, that I went, when I heard that quote, I thought about, and I've told you a story before, but I thought about the very first time I went to, into a, 
a hospital to pray for somebody that had just gotten out of having open heart surgery, uh, bypass surgery. Uh, and, in, and in those days, it was touch and go. You know, today it's, they, I wouldn't say they perfected it, but they sure are a lot better. Amen. I mean, today uh, you have open heart surgery. The next morning you're up. But in those days, they, they, it really wasn't that way at all. I mean, it was touch and go for a while where they're going to make it. You just did not, you know, today, I mean, it's not routine today. Don't misunderstand me. But, but yet it's nothing like what it was. It was like back in those days, it's like it, it almost was like toss a coin if they're going to make it through this thing, you know. And I remember walking into that room. I'd never seen this before. I'm a young man. I haven't seen this. And I walk in that room and I see this person and they are swollen like, I don't know, about seemed like twice their size. They had tubes going in everywhere. They looked like they were dead. And I honestly could sense all the, you know, I went into that room, you know, man full of faith and power. When I got in there, I felt like it was mostly paste and flour. <laughs> because that started, when I saw them, it started, it's almost like there was a hole in me. And the face started to drain out of there. And I had to put my hand over and say, no, you're not going anywhere. Stick with me. I need you. How many are following what I'm saying? Because of what I saw. Because I, I was looking at them. I had to get my eyes off of them and get my eyes back on the promise of God, on the Word of God that says if you lay hands on the sick, they'll recover. I had to do that. And it took some effort because I could feel it trying to... It's almost, I'm kidding, it's almost like there was a hole there and it's just like, faith is running out. Whoa, stop it, plug it. Put your finger in it. Because it just seemed like I, I'm, I'm losing my faith here. And it was all based on... How I many know nothing had changed with what God said? It was all based on what I saw. Nothing had changed. Before I saw that person, the, words, the word was still the same. After I saw that person, the word was still the same. What happened was what I saw began to change what I thought. And, and, and I had to grab a hold of that. Amen. How many know God can, he can heal anything? Now I want us to close. I want you to go to, did you get anything tonight? Mark chapter 5. This is a familiar scripture, but I want to show you something here. Mark chapter 5, go there. Mark, the fifth chapter. Jesus warned us about not, you know, what did he say? He said, when these things begin to come to pass, where did he tell us to look at? Where did he say? Look up. Don't look down. Don't look at what's going on in the world. Look up, for your redemption draws nigh. What's he saying? When these things begin to come, look, look to your redemption. Look to your redemption. What does redemption say? Amen. How many of you could transpose that to any problem you have? Don't look at that problem. Look at your redemption. What's your redemption say? Focus on that. I mean, you get people, bless their hearts, and they, you know, all they want to do is focus on what's wrong. You need to focus on what's right, what God's done for you. Amen. Well, if God doesn't heal me, well, don't say that. He's already healed you. Don't be like a, you know, a, a evangelist I knew. He's, he's gone on to be with the Lord now. But, you know, years ago, you know, he said, he said you know, he said, I was preaching. Uh, actually, he said, I had, was preaching for this church. 
And we advertise the meeting as a healing meeting. You know, bring this, bring the sick, you know, the afflicted, and, you know, bring them on stretchers. You know how, how we get really bold sometimes. And, uh, you know, and, and he said, I, uh, I was planning on coming to the church or going to the city, you know, and get there about five hours before the service start. And I go to my hotel room and, and begin to, you know, pray and get ready for the service, you know. He said, and I was flying, and he said, I was just traveling in a pair of jeans and T-shirt, tennis shoes, you know. And he said, you know, the airlines were late. Imagine that. And he said, when I got there, church had already started. I mean, when I landed, touched down in that city, the church service had already started, this great healing service. He said, I haven't had time to prepare for the service. He said, so when I get there, you know, the driver's there to get me, take me to the church. And, and, and I tell him, I said, you know, hey, I need to go in the hotel room and change. He says, oh, we don't have time. Service already started, you know. He said, it's already going. i got to get you there right now. So he said he, he took me to the church. And he said, when I walked in the back door, he said, I walked in. I start walking down the aisle. You know, he said, the pastor's up there. He's been keeping the service going, you know, till I got there. He said, when he saw me, he said, oh, thank God. He's here. Come on up and preach. He said, I'm walking down the aisle, and he said, I started praying. And he said, I said, Lord, if, if anybody's going to get healed tonight, if anybody's going to get delivered, you're going to have to do it. He said, the Lord spoke back to me. He said, who do you think was going to do it? He said, when I heard that, it was like, oh, yeah, right. He's going to have to do it no matter what. He said, we had a great service, too. Amen. But, you know, it was a matter of laying back over on the Lord, you know. You could look at all the things that went wrong. Now, you know, if he'd have just been out playing golf and messing around, then it's on him because he's not being faithful. But the Lord's got enough sense to know he couldn't help it. Amen. Now, here in uh, the book of Mark, you find that? Mark chapter 5, go there. Verse 25, it says, A woman which had an issue of blood 12 years and had suffered many things. Everybody say many. Of many physicians, say many. So she suffered many things of many physicians and spent all that she had and was nothing bettered, but rather grew worse. Well, it wasn't, it wasn't for a lack of effort. This woman had suffered many things. And I've heard some of the things that physicians did in those days to try to get you well. And there was some suffering involved, you know. Some of the things they did, the, the bloodletting, the drilling in your body and everything else. So she had done all kinds of things and uh, she spent all that she had, which meant she probably meant was fairly wealthy if she's been paying f for doctors for 12 years and was nothing bettered, but rather grew worse. Verse 27, when she heard of Jesus, oh, thank God, came in the press behind and touched his garment for she said, if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. Now, I want you to notice what happened in this woman's life. This woman stopped focusing on the doctors and started focusing on Jesus. She got her focus in a different place. And where the, where the King James says, she, if, she said, if I may touch his clothes, I shall be whole. The Amplified Bible brings it out this way. She kept saying this. She kept saying, if I can just touch his clothes... I'll be, what do you, how many know she's now got her focus off the doctors and on to Jesus? Nothing wrong with going to the doctor. That's not what I'm preaching here. But I'm just saying, don't let your focus be on there because they, they couldn't help this woman. They couldn't do anything for her. 
Amen. You know, some, some Christians now, the, Jesus is the last one they think about. He should be the first one. He's our Lord and Savior. Amen. Hallelujah. I mean, he, he's proved he can fix anything. Right? I mean, you know, doctors do the best they can. Bless their hearts. Thank God for good doctors, good Christian doctors. They do the best they can, but they can't fix everything. You know, sometimes they say, well, you just got to live with it. Well, no, I don't. Amen. I never accept that. I don't. I'm, I'm not starting to say I'm sorry. No, I'm not sorry. I never accept those diagnoses. It's just something you got to learn to live with. I don't have to learn to live with anything except Jesus. Amen. I don't have to learn to live with Him. I just learn from Him when I'm living with Him. Amen. Me and my wife, we, we, live with, we learn to live with one another. It was harder for her than it was for me. But she had to learn a lot. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. That got me some points. Praise God. All right. You've got to take every opportunity you can, James. You've got to learn this. All right. You don't get them very often, but when you get them, take them. How many, how many know this woman, this woman, she got her focus off the doctors. All she knew about was doctors, and she went to the doctor. Wasn't anything wrong with her going to the doctors, but, but she heard of Jesus. She got her focus on Jesus and said in verse 28 again, For if I may touch the body's clothes, I shall be whole. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt immediately, and she, was, and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that virtue or power had gone out of him, turned him about in the press and said, Who touched my clothes? His disciples said unto him, You see the multitude thronging you, and you say, Who touched me? In other words, what the disciples were saying is, Look, there's a lot of people touching you. I mean, it's crowded here. A lot of people are bumping into you. But Jesus wasn't saying who bumped in me. He wants to know who touched him with faith, who was looking unto him. Amen? And uh, he looked around about to see her that had done this thing. And the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. She, she was, shaken, she was, she was uh, shaken up because she knew she wasn't supposed to be out there in public to start with. But he said unto her, Daughter, your faith has made you whole. Go in peace and be whole of your plague. Now I want to say something here, and I want you to think about what I'm saying, all right? And I want you to, to, to take it the way I'm saying it, rightly divide it. But a lot of times, if we're, not, if we're not watchful, we get our focus on our uh, prayer or our confession. And we focus more on that than we do on Jesus. And see, if you, if you just focus on, am I doing everything right? And you don't focus on the source, you're not going to get any power. You got to get... See, if, if you focus on the source, you'll get your confession and your prayer right. Because you've got to say the right things. But see, I, I, is anybody following what I'm saying? See, sometimes we can get our faith. Oh, because uh, I meet people, you know, and, uh, you know, they'll say something. Oh, oh, I've got to say that different. Oh, I've got to say that different and all that. And then when you leave their presence, they go back saying the way they were saying it. They only said it because they're afraid they're going to jump on them. And I don't do that. If you want to make a bad confession, you know, I'll listen for a little bit, and then I'll excuse myself. But my point in saying that, I hope you're getting this, because this is really important. 
Because when you look at the people that got healed in Jesus' ministries, they were focusing on Jesus. They were looking to Him. Amen. And you got to look to Him. He's a person, folks. He's not a formula. He's a person. And you got to look to Him. This is See, Peter did just the exact opposite of what this woman did. This woman had her, had, had her focus on doctors. But when Jesus showed up, she got her focus on Jesus. Jesus said to Peter, come out of the boat, remember? Peter's got his focus on Jesus. He's walking on the water. But then he turns his focus from Jesus to the circumstances and he sinks. He did just the opposite of what she did. See, it's real important that we, that we realize Jesus is our, our Lord, He's our Savior, and that we don't just like, man, i got to make sure I pray this just right, get my confession just right, you know, and all that. And, you know, I've said, I've made my confession, which I can, and I've told you, I confess things every day, so I'm not knocking that. Is anybody listening to me? But that's not my Savior. My Savior is Jesus. Amen. I confess because I want to be in agreement with Him. And if I'm not going to be in agreement with Him, then I'm not going to receive from Him. So I'm going to say what He says. I'm going to be in agreement. My prayer is going to be in agreement. But I can't let that be my focus. Like, oh, you know, I said it 3,500 times today, so I know I'm going to receive. You got your focus on the wrong thing. You need to get your focus on Jesus. Amen. I don't have to think about talking right like people do sometimes. I don't have to think because I've got my focus on Jesus. I've got my focus on His Word. It just comes out of me. Because I'm trained that way. Amen. Does that make any sense to you? You've got to watch you don't get your focus in the wrong place. Get your focus on Jesus. Not on what you're doing. Get your focus on what, what Jesus did for you. Get your focus on, on Him as your healer. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Or whatever it is that you need. Amen. Amen. Praise God for His Word tonight. Glory be to God. If you don't look to Jesus, there's not going to be any power. But if you look to Jesus, I mean, there's, there's all kinds of power. Amen. You look, you look in the Bible, just go to the places of healing. There, were, there are a few places where the gifts of the Spirit were flowing through Jesus' ministry. You know, like... He, he, he's healed people and they really wasn't any faith on their part. You know, uh, it's like the, the, the blind man he healed. The Bible said he didn't even know who Jesus was. They asked him, who healed you? He said, well, I don't know who he was. Later on, Jesus met him and <laughs> let him know who, it was, who he was. But he didn't even know. I mean, he wasn't looking to Jesus. But that's just, that's just God initiating something. I mean, he could still do that if he wants to, right? He didn't have to ask us. He wants to initiate something. He can't. But for the most part, most people, they look to Jesus. Blind Bartimaeus looked to Jesus, didn't he? Amen? They looked to Jesus. And so we have to make sure our focus is right. The glory cloud, the glory cloud is coming in. The dark cloud, it's here. We know that. And that's the way Dr. Barclay saw it. He saw that, that dark cloud coming in first, but then he saw the glory cloud coming in. And the Lord said to me a few years back, He said, don't focus on that dark cloud because I was focusing on all the negative stuff. He said, don't focus on that. Focus on that cloud, that glory cloud. That's your cloud, not that one. 
That's for those that reject God. If, you know, if people only knew what they're about to get themselves into, if they only had eyes to see, it is not going to be good. It's just not. But for us in the church that follow the Lord, it's going to be good. It's going to be really good. Hallelujah. It's going to get really good. I'm telling you. There are some things that you and I have battled, some things maybe for quite some time. But when that cloud comes in, things are just going to happen so easy. You hear people talk about the healing revival of the 1950s. The tent revivals, the 50s. A lot of people healed. Um, but I've heard them say it was just so easy to get people healed. It was just so easy. It was just a move of God. Well, friend, a move of God is coming. Amen. Hallelujah. It's coming to America. It's coming to Europe. It's coming to Africa. It's coming to Asia. It's coming all over the place. It'll even come, praise God, to Evansville, Indiana. Hallelujah. Because God loves Evansville. Praise God. Amen. That concludes today's message. For more information about Oasis Church, please visit myoasischurch.com. Thanks for listening.